some of you will have been here last week. Can you just put your hand up if you were here last week? Okay, that's most. Hands up then if you weren't here last week, which is okay. It's like it's not a confession. Okay, in that case, I will just briefly explain. Last week, um, following, oh, there's so many things coming together. So on the 7th, yes, of October? Yeah, okay, it's that date that I can never quite remember. On the 7th of October, we are having a day here. And in that time together, we don't really quite know what to call it, but in that time together, it will be between 10 and 4, um, we want to tell you what we see the some of the journey up until this point, the adventure that God has been taking us on and where we can see that God is leading us towards. It's not really, it's not really vision. It's not some great plan, that's some great strategy that's going to come out of it because he is the vision. Um, so I've just, that's a, I've just, I've just, that's a spoiler, right? Jesus is the vision, it turns out. But if you think, well, now I don't need to come on the day, you're so missing out. Um, so we're going to spend a day uh, together, there'll be talk, ministry, worship. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. So we'd love you. Please, please, please come along. Seventh of October. Seventh of October. Um, but last week we had Herb and I had like a chat. We did. We had a chat, um, and there were various things. And Herb's posed questions, and people came and spoke to us afterwards and said oh gosh, you guys barely scratched the surface. We're like, we know. Um, and so being as free and flexible as we are, we said, well, let's just do a part two next week. Uh, there might even be a part three, who knows? I don't know how many parts there are going to be. But anyway, let's just, um, let's, can we just stand and in so doing, welcome Herbie. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you. You may sit. Um, we often say praise goes upwards and honour sideways. Not quite as clear cut as that, but it's a good place to start. Um, Herb, so um, we enjoyed last week, right? Yeah, last week was all right. It was a good time, right? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Did yeah. you? Everyone here okay with last week? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, that one person. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> we um, we had <laughs> we had quite a bit of feedback that was really helpful. So thank you. Um, so. You want to come back to your question, which we're going to do in just a minute, but um, can you have discipleship if you haven't and aren't having encounter? That's a great question because that's, that's, that's a two-edged sword. Okay. And I can only give my experience and I can't talk on, uh, on behalf of anyone else. But the reason that I follow Christ is because I had an encounter and then I was transformed from that encounter and it wasn't just a yes and then I, I joined a church and then did church stuff. So um, I want to say yes and no. And the reason I say yes and no is because those of us who are in the room and those of us who have had encounters before Sometimes they're not sustainable to keep you in your relationship with God. One sec. They're doing dance this morning upstairs. <laughs> if need be, we'll just crank up the volume. Just carry on, Herbie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm not sure how many people in the room, but I, I know that you can have many of an encounter and not actually deepen your relationship with God. 
And so you will remain at a place of an infant and stay on milk, just living off encounters. For me, the thing that matters when it comes to an encounter is that there is either a precursor or something that follows. And it's a question from Jesus, and the question is, follow me. And then it's your choice at that moment from the encounter to decide whether or not you're going to follow Christ. Does that make sense? Exactly. So, yeah. So, all encounter is an invitation to not keep it in that moment, but make it a life of following him, discipleship. That's how I would see it personally, because... I would agree, yeah. It is pointless to have an encounter. Encounters become worthless, because they become like drugs. And then you become an addict to the feelings and the emotions and the the sways and the movements and the waves of, uh, of God moving or his presence. And then you'll go to other countries to try and find this presence. And you'll go to other meetings to try and find this presence. And then things aren't quite working out well here in this church. And you want to go to somewhere else and find out where God's moving. Or it's not, not happening over there after five years. And it's not happening over there. And you start chasing stuff. You start chasing the, the expression of God instead of who he is. You stop engaging so or you good. don't even start engaging so good. with the king of kings. And so if there is no reaction to the call and there's no hearing his voice of the call when you've had your encounter then it's all pointless it's all baby food sorry why are you there's no apology needed it just went quiet no 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 that's because people are just processing it right yeah it's well i agree with you even if they don't like it i'm I'm with you um So encounter, some of the ways, I'll start, some of the ways I've encountered God, and then I'm going to ask you, some of the ways I um, encounter God, you, you, know you, can, you know you can come here, do the singing, and still not worship him, right? Okay, it's, that's called music. Um, and you know that you can worship him without there being music. Okay, just make sure we got that clear. However... When worship and music come together, it can be pretty beautiful. After all, in heaven, there is perpetual singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we'll go on forever, not because God has commanded it, but because there's no physical human limitation to ever stop singing. Like, oh, I'm tired, I need to sit down for a bit. There is no tiredness in heaven, so why stop? Right. Um, But I definitely can... Um, feel like I encounter God in worship. I'm going to keep this really nuts and bolts, okay? Um, What does that mean for me, like purely practically? Now, sometimes I'm quite distracted. As it happens, we're short on people for sound. And so I was doing sound as well this morning. So I was worshipping and checking the volume levels and, you know, like some of those distractions. But for me, generally, the more I... I quite like to shut my eyes. It helps. I know many of the words because I sing them at home. But, and I will think about him. I will think about the words. I will think about him. And I will stop thinking about myself. That is transformational enough, right? So even just half an hour where you're not really thinking about you, but thinking about the one who's rescued you, saved you, loves you, adores you, is faithful, is true, is majestic, is... All those things. Just to think about him for long enough to know 
there's nothing phases him. There's nothing that catches him out. An emotion God struggles to appreciate is surprise. Right? Which is encouraging. You can't catch God out. It's beautiful. So I'll experience him like that. Um, Sometimes I will get goosebumps and I feel him like that. Other times I just feel like I want to leap and shout and I warn you, I'm getting freer. It's coming. Um, So that... Yeah, might be a flag one day. Anyway, no tambourines. Um, So like that... um, I will read, yeah, no, I know he heard me. Um, uh, I will often, I will sit and read the Bible and something will just leap out and my heart feels like it swells. It's so hard to put that into words. My heart feels like it swells. And I'll sometimes even do that. Sometimes I read the Bible and nothing happens, right? This isn't an every time thing. I will encounter him sometimes in silence, although my head can ping off in a thousand directions. But I, I, I quite like quiet. Um, I've met him in the shower, on the loo. It's like suddenly you become aware of him. The loo's great. Anyone who's got family, right? I'm not being crude about this. You go in, you shut the door, and you actually get five minutes peace, generally. I know young kids bang on the door and all that, but like... Yeah, so you can... <laughs> oh, Okay. All right, we shut the door. You know, knock, knock. You're still in there after 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm still in here. Like, and you're just reading. You're just spending time with Jesus. Anyway, um, and driving and walking and seeing beautiful scenery. And I'll go, wow, God, you did that. Or you look at a sunset and think, wow, that's amazing. That's beautiful. Like, and your heart is orientated towards him. And you're, you're encountering him in that moment. He says, I'm glad you like it. It's one of my better ones, you know, that kind of thing. That's some of the ways I experience encountering. What about, what about for you, Herb? What are some of the, what does it look like for you? Uh, for me, I've, I've not grown out of uh, experiences, but the most common experience that occurs for me now is I see visions. Okay. And so, and I dream dreams. And so I then have those interpreted, and then I follow the leading of the Lord. So he will say something specific within a dream. And here in the West, we've kind of forgotten that whole thing. Like, we've, we've let that go as a superstition now. Whereas if you look through your Bible, dreams and visions were the main way that God spoke. 90% of the way that he spoke, he still speaks that way today. But in the West, we, uh, we disregard it because... Well, to be frank, there's no one that interprets. Where are the prophets? You know what I'm saying? And um, so that's my main experiences. But I I will share one in particular, and I I guess I should share the one that transformed my life uh, to where I walk the path that I'm walking now. So I'm driving to work, and I'm coming through the country lanes, and I'm asking questions in my heart. And I start kind of saying them out loud. And then as I ask a question, I hear this audible voice speak to me in my car. And um, the voice was so loud that 
it scared the life out of me. So I had to pull the car over, and I was holding on to the, the steering wheel, too afraid to look to my right because that's where it came from, and too afraid to actually do anything. And then I asked another question after about five minutes once I'd recovered <laughs> from the first experience. And I asked another question, and the voice answered me again. And from that moment, I was able to move from the life that I was living, and I became a transformed person from that moment. And that was the moment where I decided, you're real, and me and you are together for the rest of my life. So I, I felt firm, transformed, foundational. <laughs> um, I was immovable from that moment, whereas through 23 years of Christianity before that, I was like this. And I'm not sure if there's any other Christians in the room that felt or do still feel that way. It's like, oh, yeah, it's great. Three months of Jesus. Boom, life's a, a, a desert. Oh, yes, God's good. And, and, then, and so for 23 years of my Christianity, up, down, up, down, up, down. But after that encounter with uh, with Father God, that changed my whole life. Is there anyone wants to ask Herb a question about that? You don't need to. It's not so much ask you a question, but I do know of several people who do do dream interpretations, and I know of one company of prophets who is actually um, starting up dream interpretation appointments as of this month. If people want information, give me a shout. Okay, question? Anybody? Yes. One sec. I'm just coming to you. I'm coming down. <laughs> Sorry, you stay at the front, Herb, because then you can be on the still for the people at home. Was there anything that, like, prompted you to have an encounter, or did it just come? Sorry, say that again. Like, was there anything that prompted it to come to you, or was it just something that just happened one day? Great question. So, it just happened to me. Um... I shared last week that I had a previous encounter. And so the previous account, encounter happened before that one. So if you weren't here last week, the previous encounter was I was sat in my front room with my atheist friend, and he led me to Christ. <laughs> That's the, the brief. If you want to see it, you'll have to look back at last week. But, so I had that encounter first. And then after that encounter, my, my heart, my spirit, my everything within me had a whole bunch of questions because I had questions as a Christian growing up, but no one could really answer them. Then when I asked God those questions in the car, he gave me a specific answer to, my, to, to me. And so then I was able to, uh, that's where the transformation came because then I had an answer for those questions that I had always asked that man couldn't answer. hope that makes sense. Yeah, Herb, can I just ask then, how many people here would say, well, I've, I've done the kind of thing that Herb did. I've asked God questions, and I don't feel like I've heard anything. Can you just put your hand up if that's you? Right. So all the rest of you have asked God questions, and you've heard every time. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. So those people who are asking questions, and they feel they don't hear, what would you say to them? Again, from my experience, what I would say is, God is answering. He's always answering, and he's always speaking. 
He's never not speaking. The question is, how are you hearing? Have you restricted God to how you want to hear him speak to you? So it may be that you need to open yourself up to receive dreams or visions from God. Because he can talk to every human being in this world. They don't even need to know him. And he can talk to them through a dream. And he can change nations through a dream. He changes lives through dreams. Look at our, uh, our Muslim people where Jesus has walked into their dreams. And now they're following him. They've become disciples after that experience and that interaction with Jesus himself. So I would say that start paying attention to your dream life and write them down. Don't take them for granted that it was the cheese that you had the night before. And again, I'm not saying that every dream is a God dream. But start paying attention Thank to your goodness dreams. goodness for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just start paying attention to your dreams. And there are certain places that we can actually learn how to hear God better. Because it's not any issue on his side. God's never changed. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Still speaking today. It didn't cease with the apostles. Indeed. Right? So... There are people in this world who run supernatural schools, one being Evangelist Dave sitting down here. There are online schools uh, for the supernatural where you can go and learn how to do dreams, like give it some validity, if that makes sense. Hopefully that does make sense, yeah? I think it makes sense. And again, like Ruth, I've got some places that you can go that are for free that you can learn how to interpret dreams and do all this kind of stuff if you want that. So. I went through a stage of really wanting God dreams. So, uh, let, can I just give you a couple of bits of advice? Some of you are like, this is, you know, teaching my grandmother to suck eggs. One is, if you want to have a God dream, be careful what you fill your mind with just before you go to sleep. That's just a bit of good advice. If you're having bad dreams, stop reading the news in the hour before bed. Because it's basically meditating half of it on the lies of the enemy anyway. I don't mean the news is false. I mean the news is from a, a narrative of unbelief and no hope. So if you meditate on that for half an hour before you go to sleep, and then you say, well, I've had a terrible night's sleep, you're like, Put your phone down. Pick up your Bible and just read a psalm. Imagine if you just for one month, every night before I go to bed, I'm just going to read one psalm. Some of them. (laughs) For the insomniacs among you, Psalm 119, hit it. Come on. That's your challenge. You'll see when you look. Um, And then I would say, God... I want dreams, I want visions, I want angelic visitations. Good night. (laughs) And then in the morning, I was excited to wake up. Did I? No, I don't think that one. It was about a banana and something else. You know, like some of them you just know straight away, I don't think that's Lord. But you're excited to wake up because you're like, "What what did I dream of? Are you ever excited to wake up to see what you dreamt of? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
I am. Um, I'm not excited for you to wake up, see what you dreamt of. I'm excited for me to wake up. Um, last week, you posed a question to people here. Yeah, so the, the question was, and we didn't actually get time to, to really talk with each other and kind of wrestle this question out amongst each other uh, so that it's not just us or me speaking at you. But the question was, when, when, did, discipleship, oh, sorry, when did Christianity stop looking like discipleship? When did Christianity stop looking like discipleship? So I'd like us to go back to that question, if you wouldn't mind, and have discussions amongst each other and see, not quite looking for an answer, but maybe you can wrestle out that question with some people who you're sitting next to. So if we just take a bit of time and you guys do that, and then there's probably some couple of follow-up questions, and there may be some questions that come forward from that. Also, there may be two or three people in the room that have a prophetic word. Please feel free. Yeah, there are? Okay. <laughs> Please feel free to interrupt at any stage. Got no problem with that. Cool. So, question. When did Christianity stop looking like discipleship? Process that. Have a conversation, please. Okay. Sorry, we're just having a little debrief at the front. We've barely scratched the surface yet again. I was having a conversation with someone in here. Um... And how do I know I'm living my life okay with God? Like, wow. Absolutely outstanding question. And Herb, what were some of the things that you were hearing? Uh, just people questioning, like, where they're at. And I think it's a healthy thing for us as Christians and believers to assess ourselves not that we're comparing to each other, no, no, but so that you can see where you're at and actually see if you're truly at where you think you're at. And if you're not, then we can fix that. We, we can do something about it. Um, and I think that some of the conversations were mostly leading towards, so what does it look like to be a disciple? Exactly right. And, I, you know, we've run out of time again already. And, but there's so many more questions. But this is what it should do. This is what we, sh we should be together asking questions together, wrestling together. It should be real. It should be raw. We should have lots of time to do this. But we're, we're getting there somewhat. It's okay. I'm Get frustrated, but yeah, it's I okay. Know you are, yeah. <laughs> it's good. I just want to see everybody walk in the plan and the purpose that God has for them. And really, that's genuinely my, my heart's desire, is that you would know him and know him intimately. That's and right. that you would break through those barriers that have held you back that you wouldn't, or that we wouldn't, stop at just the first stepping stone, but that we would move to the next one, and that we would move to the next one, and that we wouldn't be in a place where we think that we know it all, and that we would humble ourselves, and that we would get to know it more, and we would continue down that journey of never quite being there, but going towards that journey of trying to get there in that, in that sense, and then expanding our capacity to know Him. It's just that... That's what my heart's desire is for everybody in this room. And I'm sure that there's a hunger. I, can, I sense a hunger in the room that people yeah. have had enough of the institution. People have had enough of the organization. People have uh, had enough of religion. religion and softened down 
version of Christianity which is lacking and has zero power in the world, and we're just looked at as a laughing stock, whereas we're meant to be the powerful ones that represent the Christ. And we're meant to walk in this world knowing who we are in our identity, knowing who we are, and walking in that, and releasing that power to people so that people can then know who they are in Christ. But the church, church, we need to get saved. <laughs> we, we need to get saved, church. The, the body of Christ, I'm not just talking about Numa, but we, the whole body, needs to return back to the ancient way of knowing him. Look at what the cost was at becoming a disciple of Christ. It cost everything. At what stage did we lose the, the way and, and just join this society of people at, at a yes? Do you know how long it takes? If you decide that you want to be Jewish, right? I'm just using that as an example. If you want to be a Jew, a Jew it takes like three years. You can't just say, yeah, I'm going to become a Jew and then you're now a Jew. You have to go through a thing of a conversion. And you have to spend time with a rabbi, a teacher. And you have to do all this stuff in order so that they can, they can judge you to make sure that you're worthy of taking on this identity, right? And I know there's more learned people that know more about the Jewish culture than I do, but at least I know that much. But we look at Christianity, and it's, it's, it's like marriage today in the world. People can get married and then get divorced in 15 hours. What the heck is going on, though? But we, we're fleeting with our relationship with God. We're fleeting with, with being a believer. We're fleeting with being disciples. We're fleeting there's no foundation. There's nothing. We've let it all break down. And now we've been given the opportunity and a reminder again. This isn't to judge people or condemn people. But we've got this opportunity right now in our hands to turn this ship around and know Christ. Know Jesus. And be led by the Spirit of God. And it will come at a cost. It's not free. Salvation was free. But this comes at a cost. It's going to cost your life to follow Christ. It's not a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like to be a disciple, when Jesus walked up to the disciples, they're in their business hours. Can you imagine that? Him coming up to you and going, Oi, Dennis, drop it, follow me. Right? But in the West, we don't get the concept of what is happening there. Their teacher, someone presented themselves as a teacher and said, follow me. And that meant the world to them. They were willing to drop everything to follow their teacher. Jesus Christ, our teacher. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that everyone should drop their jobs and drop where they're at. But there is a cost. Are we willing to pay the cost and not just be a lip service pay the cost? Yes, Jesus on a Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, my yes to Jesus, I gave it 20 years ago. Where's your life different from 20 years ago to now? Where's the, where's the transformation power of God? How are you impacting where you are? Right? How is your life tra- changing? Sorry, I just went on a rant. <laughs> what Herb is talking about is, is when Herb says there's no guilt, shame, condemnation attached. It's, this is an invitation. That's what it is. This is an invitation. Do you want to leave it behind? We, I've, I've had the conversation many times <clears throat> that, um, for those who don't know, obviously I'm, I'm married, uh, married to Nick. My, my relationship to her is not based on a checklist of things I'm supposed to do. 
I'm supposed to put the bins out. I'm supposed to make sure I say I love you once a day. I am supposed to hug her. I think you're supposed to be putting the bins out, Ollie. I saw that look. Uh, <laughs> and so the list could go on. You say, well, what's wrong with all those things on the list? You're like, well, there's nothing wrong with the things on the list. But if you think that's the substance of a marriage, you're missing the point. The reason I don't have an affair isn't because I'm not allowed to have one. It's because I love my wife. And the reason I put the bins out is because I love my wife. And she does sometimes put the bins out. But the reason, <laughs> the reason I hug her is because I love my wife. It's not coming from duty and a checklist. It's coming from a heart that has been given to her and, and that's been reciprocated for the church, for Christianity. It can so often be the case we are working our way through a checklist that makes us feel better. And actually, we've just become disconnected from actually giving our heart. It can happen in marriage too. You find yourself putting the bins out and saying, I love you, and you think, when did I last say I love you and like I meant it? That, that can happen too. But my word, it can happen with God. And we feel anesthetized because we've helped an old lady across the road. We turned up at church. I mean, goodness me, I even served on a rotor. That buys us an extra few days, right? By the way, five people we need for cameras. Before people go today, we're going to have five people on cameras. Just saying. That's a slight aside. This is what God is inviting us into. He says, do you want to stop living by a checklist and instead live from me inhabiting you and us doing this thing together? Is that fair to say? We've got to stop today. We're, we're going to pray for you, and apologies, it's Nick upstairs, so I can overrun a couple of minutes. It'll be okay. Um, that's what love does, right? That's what love does right there. <laughs> that we aimed to finish on time, and I tried to honour her, but um, next week there is a uh, baby dedication. But I think the following week we're probably going to pick this back up and just carry on with some, um, some of this. But can we stand? If you're able to stand, we would love... Um, we would love just to pray for you. And then I will say, when we finish and like go offline in just a couple of minutes time type thing and we finish here, we're not finished. Just because coffee becomes available over there, it doesn't mean you can't be looking out for someone to pray for them. Just you see someone and say, can I just come and pray for you? I know Vic has said that there are some people that she has highlighted who God has said, she, Vic believes that God is giving them a prophetic word for someone. I don't know who those people are. It doesn't matter. Do not leave this building until you've given that thing. So in about two minutes' time, do not suddenly switch off. Just go and grab a coffee and whatever. God's still on the move. He's still on the move. There could be someone who is going to walk out of here free of pain because you go and lay your hands on yeah. them and put down your coffee. Left abdomen pain. He says, doing some weird action. You know where your abdomen is, right? <laughs> Round there somewhere. And if you want prayer or anything, then do come up. If you want to volunteer for camera, then do come up. If not, I'm coming to find you. But Herb, can you, um, can you pray for us? Sure. Before I pray, I'm going to leave you with another question. And hopefully we'll pick this question up when we get back together in two weeks' time. So the question is, 
Are you a disciple? That's the question. And there will be a following question after that. Anyway, <laughs> let's pray. Let's pray. Just lift your hands, guys. It's okay. Father God, we yield to you. Spirit of God, we yield to you. We yield to you. Because you are the great leader. Jesus, you are the great shepherd. And without you, we are nothing. Without you, we have no breath. Without you, we have no movement. Without you, there is nothing to follow. Everything else is pointless other than knowing you. And right now, I pray for all my brothers and sisters in this room and everybody that can hear my voice. I pray that your eyes would be continually opened and that your ears would be continually opened in the Spirit and that you would be able to feel things in the Spirit and that you would be able to hear the voice of God speaking clearly to you in your waking hours as well as in your sleeping hours. Holy Spirit, send your angels to come and minister to your people so that they may know you better because you're the one that calls us in the first place, because you're the one that first loved us. This isn't a performance on how to be better and to love you better. It's all about you, and it's always been all about you. So I bless every single person in this room with the greatest shalom ever. <laughs> a peace, nothing broken, nothing missing. Bless you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.